Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast. Look at look at the Cavs. The Cavs are hanging out of watching the Justin Cavs Fields. Hanging out of the tight mini can. See, that's why you go. It was like eye candy to me. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, yes, but you look like an athlete. He just looked. Uh, I like getting off the bus with him. Yeah, you know, but his <laughs> jersey fits right. But no, you dimples. say that no dimples, <laughs> which is so disrespectful. I say that what? It's not disrespectful. But you, you'll, you'll say that about Justin Fields, right? Yes, like we're watching, absolutely. we're watching the video looks, of Justin just Fields at minicamp. Looks like yes. And then I'll ask you about Jordan Love and how he looks, and you're like, it doesn't matter. There's nobody running at him. It doesn't matter. Like, how is one no, a guy no, just no, looks you, good, no. but the you, other guy, it no, doesn't Jordan, matter what no, he looks like. Jordan looks good. Looks I mean, he looks part. fine. He looks the part. He looks to me, watching his video, he look has a lot of the Aaron Rodgers characteristics. Because, yeah, you did say that. Because they are in the same system. Yeah. So a lot of the stuff that he's doing, it looks like, okay, he's been paying attention to Aaron Rodgers. Okay. Justin Fields, he just looks like, I'm the dude. The he, just, eye test, he just got that. It's just something about him. He yeah, got that. The okay. eye test now he may turn doesn't out always to, have logic. He may turn out to be a bum. I hope not. I really hope not. But no, you, he you, may. He may. He may. We hope not. We. I, I, if I'm a betting person, I'm betting that he probably won't. Okay, but agreed. it could always happen. It could. But to Han's question, the eye test can't always be quantified. It's just you got it or you don't. See, dudes that walk on their tippy toes... They don't. They can't play basketball. All they walking on tippy toes. That is so true. They can't Think play. About it. Like dog, put your foot down. Like just put your foot down. Yeah, all you, you, you see can't him. slide. You would fall over on defense. You know when you was in high school, you saw the dudes walking with their backpack yeah, on their tippy yeah, toes. Yeah. Like man, get out of here. Your man. calves not gonna grow. Just gonna yes, you, 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 bad DNA, man. Bad DNA. The calves don't work for you. It's not gonna work. You guys are gonna make me so self conscious now. I'm not even talking about you. Do you walk you. on your no, tippy toes? It doesn't, it doesn't matter. You don't you have to. There's certain people that are like me. I'm wired that way. That the minute I hear some criticism about the way something looks, I'm always like, do I do I look like that? Do I do that? So you always think about that stuff. But Regardless, though, Justin Fields and what he looks like for the Bears <laughs> is something that everybody's excited about. Extremely important. But there was a there was a chance that you were never going to see Justin Saying Fields. There's a chance in the Bears uniform, mainly because before all that, the Bears were uh, Mick Thirsty for wow. Russell Wilson. <laughs> if I could use, if I go back to the nickname conversation, uh, and there was the the report that they were willing to offer as many as three first-round picks and two starters for Russell Wilson, who it seemed at the time a couple of months ago was unhappy in Seattle again. Yeah. Uh, his agent had put out a list of teams that he would be willing to be traded to, which included the Bears, and we spent a lot of time talking about Russell Wilson being traded and what it could mean. And Russell Wilson spoke yesterday and um, suggested none of that really was ever going to happen. Take a listen. There was a whole thing saying that I requested a trade, and that's just not true. You know, I didn't request a trade, you know. So I think everything kind of started from there. Uh, and then, obviously, tons of teams were calling. And I think that the reality was is that I didn't really want to go anywhere else. I wanted to play in Seattle. But if I had to go somewhere, these are the teams I would go to consider. At the end of the day, I have no trade clause, right? So I think, you know, um, I think for me, though, you know, I, I had a, a great conversation with Coach Carroll had a good, really great conversation with John too, you know, and coach Carroll and I spent a lot of time together, uh, one-on-one and, uh, you know, we're on the same page, you know, we're, we're here to do what we're, what we're meant to do and that's to win it all. I get what he's saying. I get totally what he's saying. He didn't walk in there and request a formal trade. That's not what he did. It, 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 but 
if there was a trade that could happen, these are the teams that I'm available and I'd like them. If this, if if Seattle was willing to deal me, then these are the teams that I would go to. Why so I get that, what he's saying. Uh, you're talking out both sides of your mind. No, I get what he's saying. He didn't walk semantics. in. Semantics. I didn't ask for a trade, but I gave you a list of teams you could trade me Hello? to if you wanted no. to trade me. And I let he this didn't thing walk grow? in. He didn't walk in to Pete and say, I want to be traded. That the Aaron Rodgers situation versus his is totally different. When Aaron oh, finally walks in and says, hey, I want to be traded. We Aaron hasn't said it. You're We're right. hearing it from third parties. Much like Russell Wilson. He didn't walk in and say it. He didn't. What's the point of this, though? Like, just to say that I did not say that, but you let it spin. You didn't squash it. Yeah, but he wasn't. I mean, certain players are just going to let certain things go. Like, myself... If somebody was to say something that I said, I'm like, I'm not addressing that. Because it wasn't somebody. It was your agent. Yeah, but if you're not addressing it, why are we addressing it now? But his agent didn't say he wanted to be traded. His agent just but gave he was a, unhappy. His agent just gave a list of teams saying if he was going to be traded, these are the teams that he would prefer. Which two of them made no sense to me. Maybe even three of them. It was made da- no it was, sense. It was. It was Dallas. Made zero sense. Chicago. It was Chicago. It was Chicago made it. sense. Dallas didn't make sense. New Orleans didn't make oh, sense. Right. New Orleans was the other team. There was one. What was Raiders it? didn't make was sense. It? That's right. It was Raiders. No, yeah. those. It was like no, no. That doesn't make any sense. So why is he addressing this now, though, Key? Because well, they're in minicamp mini, or OTAs or whatever you want to call it, and he's talking to the media right. for the first time. Yeah, it was his first public first comment. Public so they comment. asked All him, right, and man. he had to answer it. And the answer was sort of like, "That wasn't my. It, it wasn't me." Like I, I didn't, I didn't want this. Meanwhile, but your agent was the one promoting this whole thing with the list and the whole, and like the team said, we're not, we're not trading, we're not doing anything. In fact, the yes. Bears did so call the, as they should have. Yeah, they should. Ryan Pace did all he could to get them, and they said, no, thank you, we're not making. So the let trade. me ask you this: uh-huh. Russell has made it clear that that was not his thing in terms of requesting that of the organization. Was it ever voiced within his circle and then his agent ran with it? Or you suspect that his agent just took off and Russell had nothing to do with this? He was chilling with his gorgeous family on a beach somewhere. He was clearly unhappy. Come on. And, yeah. I I think he was pondering the opportunity to see what was out there if Seattle didn't make some adjustments to some of the things that he was demanding, right. which bottom line they is, did. Bottom line they is, fired the offensive coordinator and hired a new offensive coordinator, and he signed off on it. Okay. So it empowered him, yeah. and that's what him he got what and he wanted Sierra out. wanted. Yeah. He got what he wanted and out Sierra. of it, which is – right. <laughs> which is That's his wife. Go ahead, Han. He I got know. what he wanted out of it. Yes. In the end, yes. whatever it was, whatever the motivation was – He got it. Whether he wanted a trade or not, he got what Chicago he wanted. Chicago didn't get what they wanted. And Chicago, Well, maybe they did, though. Again, as I mentioned, some of the trades – some the best trades are the ones you don't make. So they don't make this move. But key is it maybe – were, were, are they better off not giving up three ones and two yes. starters for Russell Wilson yes. and instead moving up to get – Yes. You didn't even Justin. let him finish the question. No, because well, he I, knew where I was going. Yes. But most of the listeners needed to hear that part of it as well. <laughs> So they are better off with, with this kid and going forward that way. That's, Absolutely. Because yeah. you think about it, though, uh, Monica and, and, and Han, you got three ones, players coming back to them to get Russell Wilson. You can't even build out your team and your roster to help mm-hmm. you advance if that's what you're really trying to do. Um, it, it On the surface, it sounds good. It looked good. Ooh, mm-hmm. Russell Wilson. Yeah. But in the end – you best serve long-term to have Justin Fields underneath center. 
even though he's obviously it's going to take a minute for him to get to where you want to get him. And Russell yeah. Wilson's more of that already a star, already one of the top quarterbacks in the game would have been put on your roster, which for them, they've been searching for a quarterback forever. Here's what I would say, and you, you guys correct me if I'm wrong. I've never seen a young quarterback come into a situation that is somewhat ready to go, ready to pop, and not have success. Usually young quarterbacks that go in the first round, they go to sorry-ass teams. Yes. Mm. The Bears aren't sorry. The Bears are a good football team. They just need to figure out the QB thing. If you go to the New York Jets and Mark Sanchez, they were a good team. That's why they went to two AFC championship games. Dan Marino comes in, they go to the Super Bowl. Ben Roethlisberger comes in, they go to the Super Bowl. You start to think about Tom Brady gets his opportunity. A year later, they go to the Super Bowl. Essentially, he's a rookie. Mm -hmm. Those are rookie quarterbacks. Patrick Mahomes is a rookie. Yeah. Even though he was drafted a year early. He only had one start, right. He was a rookie. Yeah. And so when you have a team, and, and this goes kind of figure out how to squeeze the Green Bay Packers and Jordan Lovin in this situation. Jordan Love is not Aaron Rodgers. But Jordan Love is getting ready to deal with a team that was just in the NFC Championship game twice. He doesn't need to do a whole lot. Right. They should win, right? And and he, he, as long as they get him to where he needs to be, not to be Aaron Rodgers, but to be but good to, enough yes. to let them at least win. And that's, of course, what we'll see. Matt Nagy already pretty excited about what he's seen out of Justin Fields so far. Keyshawn J. Will Zubin coming to you live from above the Heineken River Deck at Pier 17. So coming up, can the MVP mm. deliver we'll talk about a later. Larry O'Brien? That's next, KJZ on ESPN Radio <laughs> and Sirius XM Channel 8. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast. That's one of the best lines, too, when it comes to ability. Availability, it's being present for your team, being Can't available for your team. help the club in the tub. I know that Nikola Jokic <laughs> winning the MVP is something that some people might say is, you know, a perfect attendance award. Yates, a shot <laughs> at you. Even if it was. <laughs> Alan Yates feels that was. way because he thought Joel Embiid should have been the it's MVP. It's not my MVP, bro. Yeah, Sorry. see? Yeah, Yates is feeling Giannis that way either, about right? it. Listen. You already know how that goes. So the last three MVPs you want nothing to do with. <laughs> Posers is what I call them. Oh, Posers? No. Well, let's, wow. bring in Ken- let's bring back Kendrick Perkins. Uh, joining us here on the show, Keyshawn J. Will Zubin, presented by Progressive Insurance. So, Perk, before we get to your list – I'm just curious about how you felt about Jokic winning MVP and Joel Embiid getting only one first place vote. 
Well, well, I had a problem with the one first place vote. I mean, because people want to talk about, oh, he missed some games and stuff like that. Okay, things happen. But when he did play, he was dominant. But I have no problem with Jokic winning it. Matter of fact, I'm happy that a center win. And being a former center myself, I'm glad to see that the bigs are dominating the mm-hmm. game again. Yeah, that's what the uh, next thing I was going to say to you is at least now the first two, though, with the most votes were both centers. Must have been uh, near and dear to your heart. So, with that in mind, we ask you to rank <laughs> the top five big men in the NBA today right now. The bigs are a lot different, obviously, than they used to be. Again, Shaq being the last to win MVP back in 2000, so it's been a minute. But we're seeing an evolution in that position. So, give us your top five, starting from five, of the top five big men in the league today. Number five. What? Well, I love this. Going at number five, I'm going with Clint Capella, a guy that's out there giving you 15 points and 14 rebounds a night, anchoring the defense for that Atlanta Hawks. At number four, I'm going with Rudy Gobert, okay? Rudy Gobert, the <laughs> defensive player of the year, anchoring the defense, doing his thing. You know, the big Frenchman, man, he's handling this business. At number three, I'm going with Anthony Davis, okay? AD, a generational talent. I know he's been hurt, but when healthy, he has proven to everybody that he could dominate. I know they have some bonus. He was on my honorable mention. I took him off. And at number two, I'm going with Joe LMB, the big Philly. He is a problem, a 275-pound version of Akeem Olajuwon. You can't stop him. Great footwork, great touch. He got mid-range. He got post-work, quick spin. He's sneaky athletic, okay, because he can windmill. He's sneaky athletic, take you off the dribble. He does it all. And last but not least, I got the MVP. I'm going with Jokic, the modern-day Larry Bird in the seven-foot body, okay? This guy slows the pace down. I don't get it. Can't hop over a deck of cards. I don't understand how he gets it done, but he gets it done. I'm going with Jokic. That's big perk. Top five big man in the NBA. I love it. So, so Jokic plays. He makes you play his speed. You know, they talk about players who have to get, you know, speed up. There. He makes you play his speed, and that's what makes him so compelling. Hey, Perk, so the other day when Jokic kept giving him floaters, runners, I'm like, dude, you're seven-footers serving up a runner, floater. Uh, where's DeAndre Ayton in, in your honorable mention list? Because I feel like he's having a hell of a playoff. So I got to put some respect on the bohemian. Yeah. Yeah, no, he's right there. He's top 10. He's okay. top 10, but, you know, he's still got a lot to prove. You know, we only seen it for a small sample size. Well, I feel like these top five bigs that's in my list, they've been doing it for over the whole season, the entire mm, season okay. and more. So, look, DeAndre Ayton is right there. He's coming right there in the conversation. I believe he'll be an all-star ne- next year the way that he's developing. Let me ask you this, though, uh, Perk. So, you got AD at a five, but you know he really want to be the four two. and everything else <laughs> that does not have a five on it. Giannis is not in there. So, to Ooh. me, you would put Giannis and AD, at least I would, in the same category because neither one really want to be a five. So, But you don't have Giannis in there at all. Yep. Yeah, because it said, look, Key, it said top five big man. It didn't say top five centers. AD's is still a big man, but AD, look, Giannis, they have him running more of the point forward, mm-hmm. right? Because he brings the ball up a lot. The ball is more in his hands. 
AD, the ball is not in his hands as much. Although he can show you that he has that skill set and push the pill at times and get down the floor because he's so talented and gifted, a lot of times he's involved in what? Pick and rolls where he's the screen setter, rolling to the basket, being a lob threat, pick and pops. Or if you want to give it to him on the low block, he give you that work where he can face you up, jab, cross, cross, I mean step backs, crossovers. He got the complete package. So when I put him in that big man conversation and not Giannis, it's because Giannis is like a dual forward. And Kate and uh, Anthony Davis is a really a power forward that just has the skill set to bring the ball up at times and create for others. Yeah, and he, he, and he likes to be out on the perimeter. It's almost like LeBron had to keep reminding him to get into the paint before he had that injury. <laughs> Let me ask you about Perk, <laughs> yeah. Rudy Gobert. Perks laugh. It, it's Rudy Gobert. Now, now we were talking nicknames earlier in the show. Stifle Tower is one of my favorite That's a nicknames. Great one. It's such a great nickname for him. But won his third Defensive Player of the Year award. And when you think about him and what he is on a Jazz team that they've been number one all year. We don't spend a lot of time talking about them, however. But they just keep on winning. They they're doing their thing in the playoffs now. Up two zero on the Clippers. When you, when you look at Gobert and his impact on what the Jazz can and, can and can't do, but can do on defense against teams, would you look at the Jazz as the team that if you had to put your money on it could beat the Nets in a series, in a seven-game series? Would the Jazz be that first team you would put your money on? I would. I would. And, and for the simple fact that we all know what they could do offensively. Donovan Mitchell is a superstar. But defensively, what Rudy Gobert brings to the table, okay, the way that he anchors that defense, he allows the guys up front to press up on the ball. And he's so great at being 7-4, he knows how to use his length. He knows how to use his verticality. He's a great shot blocker. And he's, you know what, he's real mobile for his size. Like, he covers areas because of his wingspan. He's He's able to cover up ground and space. So when I was watching him last night, I mean, he's sitting in the paint and... I'm looking at Kawhi Leonard and Reggie Jackson and Paul George dribble out there on the perimeter, and they're hesitant to go in the paint because they know he's just somewhere around. And that's the and that's the luxury of having him. Now you have Bondanovich, O'Neal, Ingles, Donovan Mitchell able to press up on these guys and get into these guys without having fear of, without having doubt, that knowing that they have a guy that's in on, on that back line that's going to send that ball up in the stands if they come in the paint. Perk, let me ask you this. Is this is this series over with? And the reason I say that is shifting back to Los Angeles, right? You saw the crowd in mm-hmm. Utah. Sold out, ridiculous. Crazy. Dif- different color sections and the whole deal. We'll have different color sections in L.A. The difference is it'll be cardboard cutouts. <laughs> so the fans, the, the energy level, Perk, the energy level in L.A. is going to be totally different than it was in Utah. So does that favor the Jazz at all? Because the Clippers don't really have the supporting cast? Hey, hey, Key, I feel like you set me up on this one because Uh-oh. I know you're a Lakers fan. No, I'm and just I know asking. you don't want the Clippers to win. Not, nah, nah, I'm just playing. I'm just playing. I'm just playing with you, big bro. Look, I feel like this series is over, and it's it's sad because I had the Clippers in seven, but watching them play, I felt like that they needed to get a split out of these first two games, and then on top of that, the Jazz are winning a game. Okay, the Jazz are winning these games 
without one of their all-stars and Mike Conley. That is disturbing mm-hmm. to me. And watching the Clippers play, I said last night when they lost the game before I went to bed, I'm thinking to myself, this is not the Dallas Mavericks. This is the mm-hmm. Utah Jazz. This is a team that has been the best team in the NBA all season long, a team that has identity on both ends of the floor. And you cannot afford to have guys like – to go against a guy like Donovan Mitchell, who has a partner like Jordan Clarkson, and then you have those snipers in Joe Inger and Bondanovich, and then Royce O'Neal being a pest with an ankle like Rudy, it's just hard, and I think this series is over. I'm not saying that the Clippers won't win a game or maybe win two games, or it might go six, but it's over. Utah is winning this series. Yeah, they, and they, their bench is one of the best, I mean, if not the best in the league, and that depth is going to be so important the deeper you get into the playoffs. But when you think about the Clippers and the question marks about them as a championship contender, it starts to me, Perk, with Paul George. And even though he had 27 again, you know, he had 27 points, but the 8 of 18, 2 of 6 from downtown, and Donovan Mitchell lit him up in the first quarter. Right after Ty Lue said, we've got to make it more difficult for Donovan Mitchell, literally moments after he says that in the media – he gets lit up. Paul George does. What are you seeing out of PG in the postseason? <laughs> and is he starting to earn that nickname again? Well, well, you know what I what I what I've grown to learn, and I just I I didn't came to realization with for us with Paul George. He has made my All NBA. He's first team All NBA. He is who he is. This is who he is. Okay, he's not going to elevate his game no more. He's the guy that's going to. Go 5 for 15 from the field. He's a guy that's going to struggle. He's not an elite defender. I don't know how he got that, that, you know, how he got that stamp, but he haven't guarded nobody. So at the end of the day, I came to the conclusion that this is the Paul George, right? He's a, he's a guy that's really not a number two option. He should never be considered a superstar. This is who he is. So, you know, from here on out, I'm not surprised when Paul George don't come to play. Right now, you know who the Robin is on this team? It's Reggie Jackson. Mm-hmm. Kawhi Leonard is a Batman, and the Robin and the Robin is Reggie Jackson. Reggie Jackson have came up big for this Clippers team. You go back to game six, right, against Dallas, when Reggie Jackson had 25, when Paul when, when Kawhi Leonard went off and Paul George went for went six for fifteen. He's he runs away from the moment. I mean, I just I just don't want to keep you know, pounding on PG, I mean, you just got to let it sink in and say, okay, this is just who he is. Let's stop having these expectations for him. The all-NBA, he is who he is team. (laughs) That's a team we need to get a list of coming up maybe at 8.30. Clippers need Paul George to get in the zone. Get in the zone. It's brought to you by AutoZone. Get in the zone. AutoZone. Perk always get on TV talking about what his grandmama say. Well, all of our grandmother and auntie, the great Maya Angelou, says – when they show you who they are, believe them. May God rest her soul. So we're going to leave that there, Perk. Let's mm. get to the other series <laughs> in the West. <laughs> Let's get to the other series in the West that I'm just so thrilled about. Uh, the Phoenix Suns, Denver Nuggets. Phoenix, they not playing, man. And, and you and I both, we picked that, you know, Grizzly squad to upset the Warriors. I'm seeing some of that Grizzlies energy in this Phoenix squad, but they have a tremendous leader and veteran and, and CP3. I think this team's about to get it done. Oh, you got I mean, you close out the series, yeah, right? Yeah, 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 series, series. Yeah, 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 I, I believe that. And you know why? 
is because you know what you're going to get out of CP3, right? And you know what you're going to get out of Jay Crowder. Jay Crowder went to the finals last year. But it's the growth, the growth of the young players, okay? Like this, this the young dogs, right? They're, they're growing up right before our eyes. They're wiping the Similac off their breath, okay? <laughs> off their mouth, okay? They're growing up. And you see, you see Devin Booker. He's he's taking a tremendous leap. You could call him a young superstar. Nobody will be mad at you, right? DeAndre Ayton, we just finished talking about him, how he's developing to a 20 and 10 guy night. He's anchoring that defense. You have Mikael Bridges, who's relentless. He's fearless, right? On both ends of the floor, he's not afraid of the moment. Then you have Cameron Payne. A guy that a GM by, from the Chicago Bulls was basically said that this guy was going to be out the league. This guy wasn't an NBA player. And right now he's coming out in off the bench and flourishing well for the Phoenix Suns. They have great leadership, starting with Chris Paul and Jay Crowder, but also Monty Williams, okay? He's a great leader. He has these guys being stars in their role. And then if you want to take it a, a notch further, Look at their front office. Who is their general manager? James Jones, okay? James Jones, we call him champ in the NBA, raised in the Pat Riley culture, won championships with the Heat, won the championship with the Cavs, went to multiple finals. He has the recipe as well. So I'm looking at this team. They play inspiring winning basketball, agenda-free basketball on the offensive end. Defensively, they're tied on the string. They do a great job of playing boxes and elbows. They help the helper, and I believe that they're going to win this series as well and close this thing out. It's amazing. Two teams we don't talk about enough, the Jazz and the Suns, look like they could be headed to the Western Conference Finals. Perk, we'll catch up with you again in the next hour. Thanks so much as always. All right, I'm too big to move. I'll be here. <laughs> <laughs> Coming up is Mr. Unlimited's time in Seattle. Limited? That's after Sports Center. Tyree feeds Brown, floater in the lane short. Giannis rips down the board. 19 seconds to go. Shot clock is off, down one. Season might be on the brink. Spinning move. Holiday scores for the lead with 11 seconds to go. Timeout, Brooklyn. That was the call on ESPN Radio. The Bucks defeat the Nets 86-83 to in Game 3 of their second-round series in the Eastern Conference. The Bucks avoid going down 0-3 in the series. The Nets still have a 2-1 lead. Giannis Antetokounmpo, Chris Middleton, they combined for 79% of the Bucks' points in this game. That's the most by a duo in NBA playoff history, according to the Elias Sports Bureau. Also last night in the Western Conference, the Jazz defeat the Clippers 117-111, so they're up 2-0 in their series. Donovan Mitchell, 37 points, the first Jazz player with 35-plus points in consecutive playoff games since Carl Malone in 1998. College football playoff will consider a proposal for expanding to a 12-team format. A proposal calls for the brackets to include the six highest-ranked conference champions plus the six highest-ranked other teams as determined by the CFP's selection committee. Sports Center brought to you by Dollar Shave Club. Is your dad's razor older than you are? Get him something new on Father's Day. A DSC six-blade razor is perfect for an extra-close, precise shave. Get one now at a store near you or as part of a gift set at dollarshaveclub.com slash KJZ. That's dollarshaveclub.com slash KJZ. Keyshawn J. Wills. It was Friday. Of course it's good. It's good. Feel always good, good Friday. on a Friday. Keyshawn Woo. J. Wills. Presented by Progressive Insurance, Alan Hahn, Monica McNutt. <laughs> what are you laughing at? 
The you, happy, always happy, always perky. Come on, man. Come on, Monica man. Monica McNutt in with us today on the show. All guests join us on the Goodyear Hotline. And joining us right now, Jeremy Fowler, our ESPN NFL reporter. Jeremy, good morning. Uh, we just played Russell Wilson saying he never requested a trade. But we, we, I mean, the reporting all along was, well, let's see, there was a list of four teams I'd go to, but that doesn't mean I requested a trade. Yeah. What's the story behind this whole thing? Was it not a formal request, but sort of this suggestion of, hey, if I'm going to move on, here's where I want to go? Right. So he never went nuclear, right? <laughs> nuclear would have been, hey, I'm requesting a trade. I want out now. But there was consternation. This guy was frustrated. Russell Wilson had ideas that he felt could help Seattle get back to the Super Bowl. He felt that the team did not listen to those ideas. So, you know, he, he didn't know what else to do, so he spoke out publicly about it. Plus, there were some trade rumors about Russell Wilson in league circles dating back to a few years ago. So that reached a boiling point. And so, you know, both sides have hashed this out. I'm told that Pete Carroll and Russell Wilson have, ha have had great discussions in the last few months about how to kind of get this right. And Russell Wilson has liked the moves they've made in the offseason. He likes the hiring of offensive coordinator Shane Waldron, a process he was involved in. And so there's, you know, things are on better terms, but there is an urgency that if they're not on the cusp of a Super Bowl or in a Super Bowl, that maybe this uh, story will not be going away next offseason. Well, a story that's still hanging around and seems like we'll never get out of <laughs> Our way is Aaron Rodgers. What's the uh, latest on the Rodgers situation in Green Bay? Well, we're sort of at a, a pausing point because the only next deadline is training camp. So we got another month and a half for this to draw out. Aaron Rodgers is dug in. And the Packers, to an extent, are dug in because they want to wait this out. They're looking for solutions, uh, but they are not going to overreact. You know, they're not going to try to make anything drastic happen or trade him unless he's really threatening to retire, which has not happened, to my knowledge, at this point. So, you know, I've asked some people around the league, how would they handle this to try to mend fences with Rodgers? And, you know, there's some ideas about maybe strengthening his contract to give him, you know, three more years of fully guaranteed or mostly guaranteed money to make him feel like he's secure there. And then offer a bit of a mea culpa publicly, like, hey, you know, we, we either miscommunicated with you or we dropped the ball with you. Uh, we're sorry. You know, without throwing the organization under the bus, just kind of throw him a bone uh, to make him feel like, hey, it's more about the people than the organization right now. And then that could be a formula to, to get this right. All right. So, Jeremy, in the midst of whatever's going to happen with Aaron Rodgers, we've got Jordan Love. And, boy, have we had vastly different yeah. reports depending on what time of day it was and what reporters <laughs> you like in terms of how he's looked at yeah. camp. Uh, what are you hearing there? Yeah, so, Monica, I'm told they're, they're largely uh, impressed with him and, and pleased with his progress. But, you know, they're taking it slowly, too. Uh, you know, he's had some positive moments. He had a great day the other day in minicamp where he was throwing the ball around and threw for a touchdown. And then he's had some moments where he struggled a bit or was checking the ball down a lot, not seeing the ball downfield or throwing an interception. Uh, but they, they've come to expect that. They know he's a young player, and this is a guy they expected to sit for two to three years behind Aaron Rodgers. Now it might only be one year if Rodgers is not playing. Uh, they have Blake Bortles, the veteran, but I would be shocked if Bortles is the guy to start. I think Love would be – it would be his stage this season uh, to lead this team if Rodgers is not there. And, and you know, I, I think that right now they're just taking the opportunity to evaluate this guy. He's getting more reps than he normally would have. And, and if Rodgers didn't show up for training camp – uh, that's sort of a positive they see it too because they want to really see what this guy can do in a camp setting. Uh, of course, they want Rodgers there, but Love they still have very high hopes for. Uh, you know, I, I don't know if they believe that he's the next guy for 15 to 20 years like Aaron Rodgers, uh, but they like him enough to think that he can, you know, look, this is maybe an ascending player that, that could be the future. 
Jeremy Fowler joins us on the Goodyear Hotline, our ESPN NFL reporter. And we, as Keith said, we spent so much time focusing on whether it was the Russell Wilson stuff and then obviously the Aaron Rodgers yeah. thing has been dominating as well. We don't talk enough about the Dallas Cowboys these days, as Dak Prescott used to be the thing we talked yeah. about ad nauseum. But now that he'll be back and yeah. he is back in camp with them and, and expecting to be ready to go at the start, what can we expect out of this Dallas offense if he gets Zeke healthy with the weapons they have? I mean, what can they be? Yeah. Well, I know Dallas feels that they can be in any game and they can win shootouts if they have to. They don't want to do that, but they feel like they have the offense to get that done. Now, Dak Prescott's been ahead of schedule. The only really thing he has to graduate to is can he fire off that ankle and throw with authority when there's, you know, commotion in the pocket and bodies flying at him. They won't really know that until closer to week one. But overall, I mean, he's running full practices and he's looking mostly like himself. You know, so they feel like, you know, they have a top five uh, offense all the way around when you consider the offensive line, playmakers, running back, quarterback, they like where they're at there. It's really the question of, is the defense a year away? Because they've added enough pieces to know that they're better. And they love defensive coordinator Dan Quinn and what he's implementing. But, uh, you know, they, won't, they still don't quite know yet uh, if they're going to be over the top with that defense or if it's going to be a slow process. Mm-hmm. They're going to have a lot of young players there. Yeah, that's going to be the question about them. Is their defense at least going to be good enough for them to win a division that should be winnable yeah. with that kind of offense? Jeremy, thanks so much as always. Appreciate your time. Hey, thanks, everyone. Appreciate you having me. Uh, Jeremy Fowler on the Goodyear Hotline brought to you by Goodyear, helping you discover the road ahead. Goodyear. More driven. So one NFL coach, he's in a really good mood now. And not just because it's Friday and Monica's here. We'll find out why he's so happy. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today. The number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, Electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S.com. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast. KJZ ESPN Radio. As you know, it's market madness, and we are already into the semifinals. And how about what we've got going on here? So in the semifinals, the way we're voting this thing is you got two days, 48 hours to get this done, at KJNZ on Twitter. And so the first of the semifinals that we have for you is Steph Curry Ooh. and Yadi Molina. It's close. And you would think Steph Curry being so popular, right, that he should take this, you know, again, baseball more regional, NBA, Steph Curry, you know him nationally. Steph Curry is not winning this right now through the first 24 hours of the voting. Yadi Molina at 51.2%, Steph Curry 48.8. You still have 23 hours yeah. left to go. This we is... do have over 2,600 votes already now on this thing. So My excuse would be, 
ain't it's in the playoffs. It's baseball season and he ain't in the playoffs. <laughs> exactly. That's my excuse. I'm with you. Or, I, or it's at. the St. Louis market where we're huge. They love it. Yeah, oh, Louis. we're great. I love St. Louis market oh. is a great sports town. They love their baseball. Oh, they love so Molina. Love it. One love time it. on a road trip the from birds, the red birds. California to DC, we went there's a really great little dive bar restaurant with really great po' boys right by the St. Louis Bush. Bush. Is it still Stadium. Bush Stadium? Is it still called Bush? I don't, it's got to be, right? Right, right. I, I haven't know. paid attention. Yeah. To that. Anyway, that my friend Derek delicious. Gould covers. He's a great baseball writer in St. Louis. He would know. He could text me right now. He's listening. Hey, wait. But still. Splash Brothers? Nobody calls them that. And that's a tandem nickname. Because we've been talking about nicknames. Don't do that. Did you follow just, along. Like, how could I follow that? Steph Curry. Come on. And you just went, wait a minute. Yeah, you Splash came Brothers. out of. You did, you did a <laughs> guys, Bart and Han move on me. <laughs> that was just out of left field. Was, <laughs> no, we've been talking about nicknames for two hours. Yeah, Hello, but Rand, we no, weren't talking about nicknames right, right well, now. now. You we just are. It up. Just come on. Now we are. Does that count? But nobody calls them that. Nobody calls who? Steph and. And it's a tandem nickname. Don't call Steph them the Splash Clay. Brothers. I mean, you do, but you don't call them like you wouldn't be. And like, again, hey, that's Splash a media Brothers. created nickname, right? A lot of these nicknames are media created that you don't really use except when like writing it or saying it in a Sports Center highlight, right? Other than that, okay. nobody's just like, hey, Splash Brothers. You know, nobody's doing that. <laughs> Why did you have to go real New York? <laughs> I don't know. I was going because uh, generally Mario when people Brothers. yell across the street, that's what they do. <laughs> and sound Who like you that? telling? Hey, Keyshawn. It's so annoying. <laughs> And my kids, You're famous. And my hey, kids McThirsty. turn around and look like they've never <laughs> heard, <laughs> heard somebody scream my name before. Like, just walk and act like you just keep going. Dude, you're famous. That doesn't get old. Yeah. No, no, no. I'm, I, I'm used to it, but my kids. They, I'm telling you, for your kids, like, it doesn't get old. That's cool. No, because the moment you turn around and you stop, then it it's, becomes something yeah, different. Thing, yeah, guess. that can happen. Well, that time yeah. we walked out of the building and some guy was videotaping you from behind, which was very uncomfortable. <laughs> You see what I did? No, nah, you. I stopped you, and was you, like, "Yo, what are you doing? Go in yeah. front of me, man." You actually invited him to go. Yes, ahead of you. go. You go right in front of me, much like I do the people that are driving in New York that are in a rush. Go in front of me. You hear that? Go right ahead. Uh, go right nice ahead. Moving, moving on, as they say, and maybe that's what the Rams and Sean McVay should be doing right now, right? Move on, right? You've got a good situation going, and there's no reason to talk about the past. Well. <laughs> As they're promoting the Super Bowl that'll be in L.A. this year, Sean McVay uh, was at this press conference and, of course, asked about you know what he, how he's feeling about having the change that they have with a new quarterback, Matthew Stafford. And McVay, as you know, talk about a guy that's at a 10 all the time and maybe every now and then just got to dial it down to a 7. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sean McVay was at a 12 on this one. Take a listen. I think I've been very happy. Everybody says, man, you just seem like you're in a better mood this offseason. I said, you're damn right I am. So this guy, uh, he's a special guy. I think uh, one of the best ways that I can describe him, when you hear people that have been around him, there's a, there's a known confidence where when he walks into a room, you always feel his presence, but he's got a great humility about himself that everybody loves being around him, and, and he's one of those guys that I think is a true igniter. It makes everybody around him better. I feel like I've become a better coach in the few months that we've been able to spend together, and uh, we're looking forward to doing a lot of good things together. Wow, gushing. Sounds very happy about his new beau. I mean, Matthew Stafford. New like, really just, energy. like, it couldn't be better. Everything's great. This guy's amazing. So, you know, of course. He's a coach. It sounds like, what? okay, <laughs> is that a shot at Jared Goff? Like, you got, you know, you've, I got away from this guy, and now I've got this guy. This is great. So, naturally, you know, the media then has to ask him about it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you see the reaction to this quote. So, Sean McVay then has to dial it down as he probably should have take a listen to this 
you know, I, I hate that I even have to say this, but I think uh, I made a comment earlier that was definitely taken out of context. I am very excited. I have been in a good mood because of the confidence I have in this team, but by no means is that a slight to anybody, you know, like Jared, who has done a phenomenal job for the last four years here. You know, I, I hated that I even have to address that, but I do think out of respect for him and all the good things he's done, I am in a good mood, but that doesn't mean it. It's not because we're working together uh, or because of just Stafford exclusively. There's a lot of good things going on that I feel really good about and I'm confident about. So don't twist my words hmm. when I didn't say that. Um, first of all, don't twist it's my always word. blame the media. When, when in doubt, blame the media. Don't twist my words. There was nothing to twist. Nothing. We played it for you, everybody. What was twisted about what he said? He said it. It was obvious what he was referencing. And then he had to dial it back when he realized that it sounded disrespectful to Jared Goff, which it was. All I'm going to say is I wish Coach McVay well. I hope they win the Super Bowl because if they don't, Mm -hmm. or they don't get to the Super Bowl, it's not good. Um, Because he's next. Right? Well, like because, you would think the criticism will now fall heavily on him. It was easy. It was convenient to drop it on Jared Goff. And you saw that story that came out about how he disconnected they were and won two different personalities and all that stuff. So now all eyes are going to be on him if they don't get it done. Yeah, because you're running out of excuses, though, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. I think that the, the one thing you got to look at is when a quarterback has gone to a couple playoff games, won a division a couple times, taking you to the Super Bowl, although you didn't win – your offense sputtered along against Bill Belichick and, and, and Coach Flores and that defense. Yeah, they had them spinning. And you then come back and you make the playoffs, but you point the finger at the quarterback for not advancing you in the playoffs. You go out and you get Matthew Stafford and you give up whatever Detroit wanted. Now you better go and win the Super Bowl, at least get there. Mm-hmm. And if that doesn't happen, then the, the, the honeymoon period, the shine starts to wear off. And, and I know that Four years ago, Sean McVay came in from Washington, and he was a hot commodity. If mm-hmm. you stood next to him two years later, you got a job. Mm-hmm. All he needed to do was sneeze on you. Mm-hmm. And now people are starting to see it a little bit different. This defense is now going to be different. It's not going to be the same defense as a year ago. Raheem Morris takes over as a defensive coordinator. They lose five or six guys off the starting defense from a year ago. It's a totally different situation. But – you said the quarterback was the issue. Now you got your new quarterback. Let's see what happens. And then the old quarterback, by the way, Jared Goff, this didn't get as much attention, but you know, Dan Campbell is his uh, new head Kneecaps. coach. Woo. He said, I think uh, that's been a healthy relationship with he and Dan Campbell. Something that's been fun for me to experience as part of guys really wanting to hear from me and wanting to hear what I like. And he said, I don't want to turn this into anything in regards to what's happened to me in my past – but he just basically said that he's also happier in his Listen, new relationship. All I got is give me all professional sports. Give me all grown men with a side of petty. Yes, please. I will take it and I will follow it and we will watch it blossom. This like is excellent. I said, though, when in doubt, always blame the media. I never said that. <laughs> well, you did. And nobody, sound like nobody twisted it at all. A holiday weekend in one city. We'll tell you where next. KJZ, ESPN Radio and heading to ESPN News. Go see us there. Thanks for listening to Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin. Make sure to subscribe, rate, and review. You can hear the show live weekdays at 6 Eastern on ESPN Radio, ESPN News, or wherever you stream your audio.